We meet today in Colossians chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 18. We're looking at the subject, fellowship of believers is hearty. Fellowship of believers is centered in the heart palpitations there. It must be that which is heartfelt. Again, we are in the section of this epistle which is dealing with holiness on the job and at the place of employment. Chapter 3 concluded with exhortations to servants or to employees. Now, chapter 4 will continue now with exhortations to masters or to employers. Masters, give your bond servants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Colossians 4 verse 1. The master will stand before Christ someday, my friend. Every Christian employer, as well as employee, will stand before God. This does put the gospel in the shoe leather, doesn't it? It gets right down where the rubber meets the road. Or in this case, it gets down to where your foot is walking in the factory or in the office. Whatever you are doing, you are to do it unto the Lord. Because you are going to answer to him if you are his child. Now the next few verses present three more areas of Christian conduct which are very important. They are prayer, our public walk, and speech. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Colossians 4 verse 2. Now these two words go together, pray and watch. They are very important. They remind us of the experience of Nehemiah when the enemy tried to stop him from rebuilding the broken down walls of Jerusalem. He didn't just throw in the towel and cry out that he couldn't do the job. Nor did he simply say, well, we will make it a matter of prayer and then go on as he had been. No, this is what Nehemiah said. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Nehemiah 4, verse 9. This is what Paul tells us here. Pray and watch. Meanwhile, praying also for me, that God would open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Colossians 4, verse 3 to verse 4. Paul is basically saying, don't forget to pray for us. My friend, you can't help Paul any longer today by praying for him, but you can help your pastor and other Christian ministries, those who are working for God, you can pray for them. Praying for them to do what? Paul says that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in chains. Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter. He wanted to be released and go out through an open door that he might preach the gospel. Pray for your pastor that opportunities to share God's word would be open. Pray for those who need to share God's word and are being prevented because of various obstacles that doors would be opened. Walk in wisdom towards those 
who are outside redeeming the time. Colossians 4 verse 5. Walk in wisdom. It's an important statement here. The child of God has a responsibility before the world today. Don't be foolish as a child of God. Walk in wisdom. And also redeem the time. Redeeming here is literally to purchase out of the marketplace. As Christ with his blood purchased Christians off sin slave block, so they are to make the most of the time spend with non-believers. Buy up your opportunities. When you see an opportunity, pray that the Lord will lead you. Don't force yourself on people just to pray and ask the Lord to open the door. And he will open it. I wish I had space to tell you of how many times this has happened in my lives and in the lives of others. Let him open the door before you make the mistake of putting your foot in your mouth. I actually knock on many doors as a pastor and I often step in and put my foot in my mouth. The very first thing I have since learned to do a lot more praying before I walk in. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each on. Colossians 4 verse 6 Salt here suggests that one should allow the Holy Spirit to convict others of sin, righteousness and judgment to come, according to John 16 verse 8. The salt that stings and pricks the conscience of the non-believer should be accompanied by undeserved favor and unconditional love. A child of God should have conversation that deters evil. It should withhold evil rather than promote it. I think it also means that a Christian should not be boring. We should be enthusiastic that you may know how you ought to answer each one. We move on now to the subject of fellowship of believers being hearty. This is a remarkable list of the names of people that Paul knew. They are men and women who lived back there in the first century. They walked down the Roman roads, lived in Roman cities, and were under the Roman rule. They were in the midst of paganism, but they were God's children. The interesting thing about the coming passage is that Paul had never been to Rome, nor had he been to Colosse, yet he gives a list of people that knew him, that he knew, and many of them are from these two cities. This reveals that Paul had led many people to Christ who returned home to cities that he never was able to reach directly or personally. His ministry was a tremendous, far-reaching ministry. Tychicus, a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord, will tell you of the news about me. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that he may know your circumstances and comfort your hearts. Colossians 4 verse 7 to verse 8. Tychicus is a native of proconsular Asia, according to Acts 20 verse 4. He may have been from Ephesus, according to 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. 
This man is mentioned as being with Paul on four different occasions. The first one, it was on the way to Jerusalem towards the close of the third missionary journey. Acts chapter 20 verse 4. The second place is in Rome at the time of Col that Colossian was written. Third, it was when Paul wrote to Titus in Crete before Tychicus was sent to Crete. Titus 3 verse 12. And fourth is in Rome for the last time before being sent to Ephesus. That is 2 Timothy 4 verse 12. This man was a wonderful brother in the Lord. He was the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And he knew Paul. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will make known to you all things which are happening here. Colossians 4 verse 9. Onesimus was a slave who had run away from his master in Colossae, Philemon, and he had been converted to Christ by Paul's witness in prison. Now a Christian, Paul calls him one of you. Onesimus is ministering to Paul in his affliction. In the epistle to Philemon, Paul intercedes on behalf of Onesimus, offering to pay any damages and asking for mercy from Philemon. You can see from this that there is a new relationship now in Christ. Master and slave are now brothers in Christ. Isn't that amazing? Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. Colossians 4 verse 10. Now, Aristarchus of Thessalonica is also mentioned in Acts chapter 20 verse 4. This man was with Paul during the riot of Ephesus, Acts chapter 19 verse 29. He is called a fellow prisoner. Now, that statement is probably used not in a literal sense, but in a figurative sense. Aristarchus is not physically imprisoned with Paul, but rather spiritually bound with him, according to Colossians 3, verse 14. John Mark, the nephew of Barnabas, the son of his sister, is the writer of the Gospel of Mark. You will remember that Mark left Paul and Barnabas on their first missionary journey. And because of this, Paul didn't want to take him along on the second missionary journey. Paul was wrong in his judgment of John Mark. The boy made good, and Paul acknowledged that here. He gives the Colossians instructions. Don't reject him like I did. You people, receive him. Paul mentions John Mark again in his second letter to Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 11. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are my only fellow workers for the kingdom of God, who are of the circumcision, they have proved to be a comfort to me. This is very interesting again. Jesus, who is called Justice, would be the name Joshua in the Hebrew language. Being of the circumcision here indicates that he was Jewish. This shows us 
that there were a few Israelites in the church in Colossae. However, there were not many. The Colossian church was mostly Gentile. These men were wonderful brethren, helpers of Paul, and great missionaries themselves. Now, the Word in Life Study Bible has something very beautiful to say about verse 10 and verse 11, highlighting the gift of ethnic heritage. Many times we look down upon ethnic heritage, but here Paul is recognizing that it has also its value. Listen to what the Word in Life Study Bible has to say. Culture provides people with a common set of experiences and values that bind them together over time. As Paul concludes his letter to the Colossians, he mentions three men who shared his Jewish heritage, Aristarchus, Mark the cousin of Barnabas, and Jesus who was called Justus. He says they were the only Jews still working with him. Even though Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, he still cherished his Jewish roots. No Gentile could fully appreciate what it meant to grow up and live with the traditions of Judaism. But Aristarchus, Mark, and Justus could do it. No wonder Paul calls them a comfort to him. God never asks us to reject our roots. We can affirm our ethnic heritage as a rich gift from God, no matter how our surrounding culture regards it. To be sure, ethnicity ought not to create barriers with other people, according to Galatians chapter 3 verse 28. In Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither male or female, and you go on. Even chapter 3 of Colossians verse 11 talked about it. But we need not hide the cultural background from which God has called us. We need never deny who God has created us to be. Now, my friend, many of my African people are not happy to be African. Some are even moving out of their African nations of origin in preference to Europe or USA. God does not despise you because you are an African. He wants to use you as an African, speaking to your own people, as well as using your own mother language. This does not mean that you should embrace the evil practices that were handed down to you by your forefathers. Nevertheless, those you put aside but still appreciate your identity. It is by divine appointment that you are an African, my friend. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Colossians 4, verse 12. Now, Epaphras was the pastor in Colossae. Now he is in prison, so he has a new ministry, the ministry of prayer. Now, prayer is a ministry too, my friend. If God takes you out of active service, pray for God's servants. It simply means that God has given you a new ministry. He has something different for you to do. Don't be crying. Don't be winching. Pray. 
for I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. Colossians 4 verse 13. Now, these three cities were very close together. Hierapolis and Laodicea were about six to ten miles apart. They were both near Colossae. There were churches in all these places. Look, the beloved physician and Demas greet you. Colossians 4 verse 14. Now the name Demas here is used in conjunction with that of Luke, the beloved physician. It adds a tragic note of solemnity and confirmation to Paul's exhortations in this chapter. In Paul's final letter, 2 Timothy, one reads that Demas had forsaken Paul and fled to Thessalonica, having loved the things of this present world more than the things of Christ. And that record is found in chapter 3, verse 1, and verse 2, Second Timothy, chapter 4, verse 10. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Nymphas and the church that is in his house. Colossians 4, verse 15. These cities had great hidden temples, but the Christians met in homes. Now when this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of Laodiceans and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Colossians 4 verse 16. Now the epistle from Laodicea most likely refers to the epistle to the Ephesians, a secular letter probably sent to Laodicea, Colossae, Hierapolis and Ephesus. Paul is telling the Colossians to read that epistle also and to share theirs with the Laodiceans. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Colossians 4 verse 17. Archippus is another man on Paul's list in this letter. We do not know anything more about him than the fact that he is mentioned here. He is a man who had a gift, and Paul is urging him to use that gift. Again, here is an example of Paul's obeying his own admonition in verses 5 and verse 6. His words are gracious, but his exhortation to Archippus is seasoned with salt. Archippus must take heed to redeem the time and fulfill his ministry in the Lord. This salutation by my own hand, Paul, remember my chains, grace be with you. Amen. Colossians 4 verse 18. By the way, Paul dictated most of his letters. The letter to the Galatians was written in his own hand. Here he gives his signature to the letter which he has dictated. This is the second time that Paul says, remember my chains. Or pray for me. Then he ends on this great note. Grace be with you. Amen. Isn't this a wonderful letter that we have read? Paul wrote to a church that he had never visited. 
but he knew many people there and he had led them to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he could write, Grace be to you. How wonderful it would be for you, even though you have not gone to certain places, but others who are there because of Christ, you know them. You act as if you are even there with them. You can pray for them, they can pray for you, and you can wish them God's blessing. That is the wonderful privilege we have, all in Christ Jesus. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475